back to Problematic Voice. All right. All right. That's my friend Samuel Wafua in Kenya. He always says that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, love that guy. And um, uh, last time, uh, Aaron, toward the beginning of our, our session, you talked about uh, the house church concept, and, and you kind of gave painted a negative picture of that. I, I tried to paint a picture of how some people have had negative experiences. I didn't mean to say that this is a negative concept just cultural barriers but go ahead yeah 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 yeah. so i just wanted to come back to that just so that the listeners uh understand that that is not necessarily a negative for i mean some people it's been negative and i agree yep. i've been I've, <laughs> I've seen oh my gosh i've seen where people have chairs set up in rows on a little pulpit in their house mm-hmm. and i'm like you know i don't think that's what they had in mind you know in the in the Bible, there's a lot of references to the church that meets in this house and the church that meets in this house. Right. So it's a very biblical thing for people to do. And uh, in places like Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, you know, China, you you have to learn how to do house church well because it's your only option for church. You can't meet in a park like we were talking about last yeah. time. You'll get killed. You can't build a building and put a cross on top and ordain clergy and have them walk around in special clothes because they'll get killed and the people who come to those meetings will get you know beat up or killed or whatever so um and i really think that it boils down to uh jesus teaching in mark 2 22 where he talked about the the wine skins and putting new wine uh into you know he said if you put new wine in an old wine skin you're going to ruin them both but if you put new wine in a new wine skin then uh you know then you'll whatever you'll preserve you the got wine. some good you wine got some yeah good wine. something yeah you're gonna have something good so and and the reason and i don't know if we've talked about this before but the new wine wrecks the old wine skin because it expands mm-hmm. it's got this pressure that it puts on the existing you know framework the, the existing container, container. Yeah. yeah yeah and so we, we apply that to church um, and our processes, and when we take something that rapidly expands and try to put it into a container that can't handle expansion, we're gonna we're gonna ruin them both. Mm-hmm. And so, what I've seen in in this disciple making um, movements is that when people start doing this well, their focus, you know, their mindset is sometimes we call it your radar, but is always on outward expansion. It's not on growing my group, it's on multiplying my group. It's on starting another, so some people call them house churches. In fact, in Kenya, they call them simple house churches that multiply. Mm. Uh, In Uganda, they use our name, they use IDMI or the IDMI Disciple Network. Uh, They had to have some name so the government would recognize them as legitimate. But um, so seems to me like when anything becomes uh, stagnant, um, when it becomes inward focus. Um, actually, you put me onto a book, um, that exponential uh, book, and I was reading their explanation of house churches, and they said that house churches are typically focused on the relationships. Like, mm-hmm. in other words, the most important thing in that house church is the relationships between the people there, and that really shouldn't be the most important thing. The most important thing should always be what's most important to Jesus. And that's getting the Great Commission uh, fulfilled. That's, you know, seeking and saving the lost. 
And so as long as we have an outward focus with expansion, you know, taking new ground, winning a new household, winning a new community for Christ, then the house churches or, or fellowships that meet in homes, they tend to remain healthy. Uh, when they turn inward and they're just all about them and us four and no more, or, you know, some people call it a navel-gazing group, then they become uh, unhealthy because really it's a self-focus, not a other-centered God focus. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah, thank you for the clarification there. Sure, sure. Um, and we were talking about, I guess last time we said we're going to call this episode Boots on the Ground. And so... Uh, that is something that is just a, honestly, it came from a gal on our board of directors, a gal named Carol. Carol goes to a church in a neighboring town. She attends, she's on the mission committee there. And she was reaching out to me and she said that the, um, the mission, the way that that church is structured, if they're going to get involved in, um, any kind of mission work, like specifically Carol would like to see that congregation support financially support our ministry. Mm -hmm. And she said, but in order to do that, there needs to be a way for people to volunteer. There needs to be a way for people to get involved. There needs to be what she said or what she called boots on the ground. There has to be a how do people put boots on the ground as disciple makers and becoming you know, involved in or participating in a disciple making movement right here in central Wisconsin. And that mm. kind of excited me because mm -hmm. that's what we want to see happen. That's what we're talking about, you know, in these uh, current episodes is how does, what's it going to take for this to really take root and grow and flourish in the, the soil of, uh, of American culture. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sitting in the room with us off camera is a gentleman named Marcus. And Marcus is uh, taken a position at a congregation not far from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and his job is to be the disciple multiplying. Marcus, what's your title? Groups. groups? So, okay. So he's the groups pastor. So the idea is multiplying groups of disciples. So basically, um, and off off camera, off microphone, we said that you know his job description could be could be stated as boots on the ground discipleship in that community people living this out as part of their daily lives becoming disciples that multiply so that's exciting it's exciting to see um, those those things beginning to um, kind of make it into the mainstream thought process of our of our you know yeah. um, churches and religious fabric yeah and to say we want to prioritize this so much that that we want to have a a, a catalyst somebody who's going to help make that make yeah that happen they're going to put money it toward yeah. it and yeah. and yeah, yeah it's it's exciting and um yeah and so because what marcus has shared is that that these people don't necessarily have to attend the sunday morning service they can if they want to there'll be a, of course an open invitation but if they so in other words, the thing they do, just like what you were saying about in the park, if they meet in a park or they meet in a home or they meet in a Starbucks or a Taco Bell, it's legitimate church. The, the, so the organization is legitimizing these small groups because they're realizing that's really where people grow better than when they listen to a monologue on Sunday morning. That's not the best way to grow. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that when you say when you say boots on the ground, 
that's what you're talking about is mm-hmm. what this actually happening and happening in communities yeah uh, and th- this is what okay okay mm-hmm. yeah did you have um more that you w- wanted to say about boost on the ground or did did, did, did we, are we moving to the to the next topic here no no there's there's a lot more we can say about boots on the ground right now it's pretty theoretical you know as far as how would this look what um what might it look like and uh, actually uh, Aaron, I know that you're involved in something called Revive Wisconsin, yeah. and and that's a part of a larger initiative called Time to Revive. Time to Revive. Okay, and that's you said it's a nationwide yes organization. Uh-huh. Yes, and tell me a little bit about that because I'm thinking that um, the Revive initiative has has things that we could learn from. Because I know that they mobilize people to go out and look for people who they can connect with God. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they connect them then with a local congregation, right? Or start new congregations? Or how does, how does that all work? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, Time to Revive is um, nationwide, and they will look at communities, uh, you know, similar to how people in a place will call you and say we'd like your training here mm-hmm. and then you kind of evaluate well would this be worthwhile um, they'll go where they're invited and they'll evaluate uh, a community and say does it look like there's receptivity here does it look like God is at work here mm-hmm. and they had done that in the Twin Cities and someone from my congregation got involved in in that his, his brother was a pastor in that area and so he saw what they were, uh, what what they were doing there, and said, "We need this in central Wisconsin." Okay, the Twin Cities being Minneapolis, St. Paul, just Minneap- about yes. Thank three, you. four hours west of us. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, he described a, a a method of sharing the gospel and a a plan for having focused time where churches would unite and gather over the period of days and even weeks on a daily basis and um, a couple of times each day sending multiple teams out into a community uh, to pray and to look for opportunities to have a conversation the way they say it is there's there's really four steps there's love how are we loving people well and as you're Mm -hmm. loving people listen is the second step so love and then listen sure it's not about what you can deliver to them it's about hearing their heart love listen and then discern this is you've you've listened you've cared for them are you discerning that there is a receptivity to take things to the next level in a, a, a spiritual conversation. And, and if so, they've got tools to, to help you do that and training to help you do that uh, or not, and then respond. So love, listen, discern, respond. And maybe your response is, well, thanks anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe your response is to say, wow, you just shared something with me. Uh, can I pray for you? And uh, in, in and to pray for them on the spot, and then to see if there is uh, continued receptivity to um, to o- opening scripture, and that they have the, you, everybody goes out with 
with Bibles and you hand a Bible to someone and it has tabs so it's easy to find and then mm -hmm. there's highlighted passages so you hand it to them the uh, first tab what, what does that say mm -hmm. and what does it mean and you're asking them so there's a discovery process and helping somebody discover mm -hmm. the gospel so my my friend uh, my, this this guy um, in, in my church said we need to do that and and my response was no it's not gonna work mm-hmm because um, I'm just that kind of open-minded. Yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I've got a child like that. <laughs> Everything I say, he's, his first response is no, and then he comes around and thinks about it later. Um, and my no came from a belief that people in our community would not be receptive mm -hmm. to starting to, to being engaged in spiritual conversations. And people in our congregations would not be open to starting spiritual conversations. Ah. Uh, so it was no. I was open enough to continue learning about it, though. And what, what became apparent was so much of it was so biblical that to say no categorically... Uh, as, a, I, as a pastor. I was not... Yeah. I, I was not right about that they did send somebody to our area and i spent time with him and he said what's really important when we look at an area is that there there's we see unity in the churches that churches are willing to work together willing to work together he said anywhere where there is potential for revival that's a spirit fueled uh transformation community-wide there's unity mm -hmm. uh, among the among the churches and sure. i thought well, it's pretty safe to explore this because that's never going to happen here. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and and you'll find out that my no is still going to stand. Sure, because you're if, even assumed if, disunity. Right, right. right. Uh -huh. even, even if I go, oh, yeah, well, I'm totally open to it. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and and God, uh, as he does, uh, surprised me. And, awesome. Um, worked on my heart and and so yeah uh, I, I got to experience uh, what that looks like and we got to see it in our own community and I've since then helped see that kind of a um, uh, event but that turns into a, an ongoing um, cooperation between the churches I've seen that spring up um, we started in Wausau and it's it's gone to the Chippewa Valley the, between Wausau and in in the, the Twin Cities and mm -hmm. Marshfield which is south of Wausau and then Janesville which is the south part of the state and, and helped see that happen and we continue to have monthly events in Wausau and the point though of course is not the event the point is disciples of Jesus working together on looking outward and going outward mm -hmm. together there's something powerful about being with a couple of other people and starting a conversation and them saying oh who you know wh who are you guys what are you doing mm -hmm. oh we're from different churches yeah and we're praying for people in our community mm -hmm. there's something powerful about we're from different churches yeah oh sure and yeah. and and mm -hmm. working together and honestly kurt my experience in Revive and what I experienced was people are open. 
in my community. Yeah, to have spiritual conversations. To, to, to have a conversation, to share their heart, to have someone pray for them. There is an openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. The openness is there, though, and disciples of Jesus in our churches today are willing to go, are willing to take that, that, that step. So that surprised me. Yeah, that's awesome. And that learning that and seeing that and experiencing that myself, because really what was happening, I mean, I was afraid. I was unwilling, mm-hmm. you know, because of your spiritual habits, just your, to be your spiritual box kind of that you would put yourself in. Right. And so, yeah, God blows up our boxes. So when when so God used that to help me take another look at and I've known you for a long time and I've known what you're doing and we've been supportive of you it was the first time where I thought well if people are willing to have a spiritual conversation and if the church is willing to go meet them maybe maybe there's potential for multiplication Mm -hmm. maybe there's potential for a movement maybe if we're willing to have that conversation, and instead of ending it with praying the the sinner's prayer, um, I, I'm going to use that terminology. Yeah, yeah, sure. Praying mm-hmm. to receive Christ. Maybe we, if we went beyond making converts, and and I, this is something time to revive. I, uh, um, they they put a lot of energy into uh, doing a handoff uh, once somebody's expressed an interest connect them with somebody who can walk them through discipleship and I, and I help just them to grow spiritually look yeah. into yes look into look into scripture learn from you know it's, there, there is a there is a process there I just haven't I haven't seen it uh, in our community get traction and what I sure. see in disciple making movements is okay maybe there's uh, a connection that can be made here and as we have people who are having a spiritual conversation maybe there's a question something like would would you be willing to get mm-hmm. a couple of friends and family members together and I can show you how to open God's word and see what he has to say about life would you be willing to do that mm-hmm. let's set up a time to, to, to do that that maybe a, a piece like that yeah. is, is is missing, and uh, we could take the initiative that's already started and the momentum that we've already seen, and if we could combine it with uh, helping somebody start mm-hmm. a a church, yeah, a, a, essentially, um, then we can uh, just see what God would do yeah. with, with that. Uh, so that's uh, that's how my experience with the Time to Revive helped me, uh, o- helped open my eyes to the possibility of disciple-making movements in my own community and in the United States and what really kind of reconnected me with, with you and your work mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in, in a different way where it's more than just you do your thing, I do my thing. Right. Um, but to look at, well, it looks like God's doing something. Absolutely. And, you know, that 
I've got so many things going through my mind. But the, <laughs> and I just kept talking. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good because the more you talk, the more things that like triggered in my mind. So that reminds me what you shared uh, reminds me of a story where God did uh, basically what you're talking about with with, you know, people going into the community and sharing uh, the word of God with people. And they found exactly what what, you know, you're describing people in our culture don't really want to go to church. Um, it's right in Wisconsin. We're the state that's leading the country in people leaving the traditional building-based system, but they haven't abandoned God necessarily. They've abandoned church. They've abandoned that system, but they definitely still have an interest in Jesus and, you know, heaven and hell and God and is he real and all of that stuff and so they they want to know that but now they're looking for a way to know God or you know how do I follow him outside of that system yeah and so um, several years ago there was a woman who was uh, raised Catholic and was um, looking for work and she got hired by a homeless shelter in Philadelphia she was really good at fundraising. So they needed her on the phones to talk to the donors, even though she had never surrendered her life to the Lordship of Christ. Mm -hmm. She was not born again. She was a, uh, what we call a lost Christian. You know, she's mm -hmm. called herself a Christian, but she's not. Sure, truly Cul cultural Christian. Cultural Christian, okay. people use that terminology. Yeah, and our churches are full of those people. Our country is full of those people. And Jesus wants them in his kingdom as well. So she joins, uh, starts working for the homeless shelter. The homeless shelter for their staff devotional every day, they did a discovery Bible study. And so through actually studying the Bible, because as a Catholic, she'd never even opened the Bible because, you know, she had been told that the priest needs to interpret that for you. Now she's got God interpreting it for her. She became born again. She surrendered her life to the Lordship of Christ and her spiritual condition changed, you know, and her priest noticed mm -hmm. that suddenly this woman is on fire for Jesus and she's talking about the Bible and telling people what she's learning. And, and the priest said to her, hey, would you be willing to teach our, our confirmation class, our CCD class, um, because you seem to really be you know, excited about God these days. And she said, well, can I, and consulting with her boss at the homeless shelter, you know, and he said, well, See if the priest will let you do discovery study with the students. So she went to the priest and said, can I use the same thing that God used to get me excited about him? Can I use that with the students? And the priest said, sure. And wow. yeah, amazing. Um, so kudos to the priest. Yeah. And then she said, can I pick the scriptures? And the priest said, sure. Hmm. Which, wow. Uh, so she starts doing it with the students. And because it's the CCD class, they have assignments. And they're not going to get to get confirmed unless they do the assignments. And one right. of the assignments is share with somebody what you're learning. So as part of their, as part of their natural life, just you know, at school or in their neighborhood or in their homes, they started sharing what they're learning from the Bible, and they started applying it to their lives. They started trying to actually obey the commands of Jesus. And then that woman's phone started ringing. It was the parents of the students she was teaching and they said I don't know what you're doing to my kid but he's never talked about the Bible before <laughs> and never been sh you know out sharing across the fence with the neighbor or whatever 
But when I heard this story, six simple churches had started in the community around that Catholic church because those kids were sharing what they were learning and putting it into practice in their neighborhood. So they found this spiritual receptivity in the people, but the people didn't want to go to the Sunday morning mass at the Catholic church, but they were willing to well, wait, if I can do it in my living room with the people I love and care about and the people that I know are in my corner and, and have yes. my back, yes. yeah, that I'll do. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, what, that's one example, I think, of what boots on the ground looks like. So how do we multiply that uh, across the, the nation? Yeah. yeah I think um, next time we talk, we should, uh, we, we should talk about foundationally because uh, we've talked a lot about DBS and now I talked about Time to Revive and we're, we're talking kind of mechanically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to hear from you what you've learned in this process about prayer as a, uh, as a necessary foundational first line. Oh, yeah, and, and first line and continuing through the entire process. I mean, that pray continually like continuously in communion with God as we try to make disciples who make disciples. It's a it's really a process that will help people uh, tune in to God because you have to follow the leading of the Spirit. It's it's like a dance and he's the lead and you just have to follow as his lead. And so All right. So tune in to the next podcast where we talk about tuning in to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you.